The Gospel lesson for this fourth Sunday in Advent comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and it's on page 681 of the Pew Bible. Now, we're still in the season of Advent, but we come now to the Christmassy portion of the season. During Advent, we consider the different ways that Jesus comes to us, and one of those ways, of course, is by taking on human flesh. And so Advent isn't just pre-Christmas, but it actually includes Christmas as one of its themes. And this gospel lesson reveals the purpose of Jesus' coming. Please stand then as you are able for the reading of the gospel. From Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, we read in Jesus' name. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. Father, these are your words. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Rejoice. The Savior of the world has come. Our prayer, O come, O come, Emmanuel, has been heard and answered. Emmanuel has come. God is with us, and he is with us to save us. We learn this from the two names Matthew records in this text. Did you notice the two names? Jesus and Emmanuel. At first glance, it might be a little confusing why two different names are prescribed for this child. Only one of them was a name for him to commonly be called by. That's the name Jesus. But both names teach us something about Jesus. One teaches us who he is, that is, it gives us his identity, and the other teaches us why he came. It gives us his mission. Emmanuel is his identity. Jesus is his mission. Now, names have meanings. In English, the meanings are often a little bit hidden because we usually take foreign names and we don't translate them. We just leave them the way they are and maybe we make them sound a little bit more Englishy. So we don't always name our children as bluntly as other cultures like the Hebrews do. For example, many parents will affectionately refer to their daughters as princess, but not many of them put it on their birth certificates. Instead, they might put the name Sarah on the birth certificate, which is the Hebrew word for princess. And most Hebrew names were more than one word. They might even be a complete sentence. 
For example, Daniel means God is judge. Zechariah means the Lord remembers. And Micah uh, means who is like the Lord. And so if you had one of these names, every time someone used your name, they were making some kind of confession of faith about God. That's kind of cool. And in a few cases, the names were actually prophetic. They taught something about the person who was given the name. Like, for example, this was the case with John the Baptist. The angel prescribed his name. They named him John. Uh, and that means, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, something like, the Lord is gracious. And so sometimes the names taught something about the person. And that is most certainly the case with Jesus. The name Jesus is given to him by an angel. And the other name we find in this text, Emmanuel, is assigned to him through the prophet Isaiah. And these two names teach us who Jesus is and why he came. First, let's talk about the name Emmanuel. This name teaches us who this little child is that comes into the world through the Virgin Mary. The name Emmanuel literally means God with us. Pause and reflect upon that. This is miraculous. God has taken on the human flesh of a tiny baby. This is remarkable. That which was conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. Even from the first moments of Jesus' human existence, he is both God and man in one person. This is remarkable. I suppose most of the time when we think about Jesus, we think of a full-grown man. And I'm not saying that it's easy to comprehend that the fullness of deity dwells in this full-grown man. It requires faith to believe that. But it's another thing to consider that the fullness of deity dwelt in the infant Jesus as well. And so picture in your minds a newborn infant. He cries. He gets his swaddling clothes messy. He nurses at his mother's breast. He's completely helpless and needy. In the case of Jesus of Nazareth, the child born to Mary, this newborn infant possessed the full deity of God in human flesh. You think about what that means. It means that God was helpless. God was needy. God kept his mommy up in the middle of the night. That's what the name Emmanuel means. It means God with us, even from infancy. The Son of God assumed human flesh, and with that he took on everything it means to be human except sin. Now, as incredible as that may be, the miracle technically didn't actually occur at Christmas, at Jesus' birth. The miracle of Christmas occurred about nine months earlier, when the Virgin Mary conceived this child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not merely that the fullness of God dwelt in this infant, but the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus the fetus, and Jesus the embryo, and Jesus the zygote. Luke, in his gospel, records a marvelous encounter between Mary and her relative Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist. And just a few days after Jesus' conception, Mary went to visit Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist at the time. And Elizabeth, by this 
signal that the infant John the Baptist gave to her, Elizabeth recognized the presence of the Lord God in the womb of Mary. And this is just a few days after Jesus' conception. At that point in Jesus' human existence, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in microscopic human flesh. This is what Emmanuel means. God is with us. He came among us. And he came among us from the very first stages of human existence. Emmanuel, God with us. But why is God with us? If all we knew about Jesus is that he is Emmanuel, we wouldn't really know if that's good news or bad news for us. If we are quite prideful, we might assume that the presence of God is good for us. We might think he would reward me for being such a nice boy or girl, and he would straighten out all those other people who don't see things the way that I do. If we are quite prideful, we might assume the presence of God would be a pleasant thing for us. But that's not really how it goes when people find themselves in the presence of God or even when they find themselves in the presence of his holy, his holy angels. For example, when the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord in a vision, he cried, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He cries, Woe is me. That means disaster is coming upon me. And there was a moment very early in Jesus' ministry when Peter recognized that Jesus is God in human flesh. And Peter fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When Peter recognized that Jesus is God, he asked him to go away. And even when people see angels, like when an angel appeared to Zechariah or Mary or the shepherds in the field, they are filled with fear. And these angels merely reflect the glory of God. How much more when you come face to face with the living God? If we are quite prideful, we might assume that the presence of God is a pleasant thing. If anything, perhaps he's simply come to teach us how to be nicer boys and girls so we can get more presents. But this delusion is quickly erased whenever a person really encounters the living God. More likely, he's come to judge and punish and destroy us. If all we know is the name Emmanuel, we should probably assume that this is an extraordinarily dangerous thing. Because the name Emmanuel doesn't tell us why God is with us. The other name does give us the why, though. So let's talk about that other name, Jesus. This is the name the angel assigns to him. And whenever an angel tells you to give your child a certain name, you can bet there's going to be a good reason for that name. The name Jesus means the Lord, or Yahweh in Old Testament terms, is salvation. And this name, Jesus, Yahweh is salvation, is actually the same as the Old Testament name Joshua. It just changes a little bit in translation for us. If we could hop in a time machine to go back and spy on Jesus' earthly life, we would probably hear his mother and brothers and friends call him something like Yeshua, 
That's probably close to how his name sounded in Hebrew. And that Hebrew name, Yeshua, gets translated into English as Joshua. And so Jesus basically has the same name as that Old Testament hero, Joshua. But the New Testament was written in Greek, not in Hebrew, and the name Yeshua becomes Jesus in Greek, and Jesus comes into English as Jesus instead of Joshua. So what's the point? You might impress your friends with that, but what's the point? I'm not saying we should start calling Jesus Joshua or Jesus or Yeshua instead of Jesus. We should keep calling him Jesus. Here's why. The New Testament was written in Greek, and so Jesus is actually the name the Holy Spirit inspired to be written down on the page, and Jesus comes into English as Jesus. That's his name in English, and we speak English, so we should call him that. But I want us to recognize the Hebrew background of Jesus' name. That's the point of this. It's the same as the name Joshua, and it literally is Yahweh is salvation. It's not just that his name means Yahweh is salvation, but his name is Yahweh is salvation. If we could take a magic translator device with us when we go back in time, we would hear Jesus' mother and brother and friends call him Yahweh is salvation. That's the confession of faith that they made every time they spoke his name. So when the angel appears to Joseph in a dream, he says something like this, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Yahweh is salvation. Here's why. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Emmanuel tells us who Jesus is. He is God with us. And the name Jesus tells us why. Because he will save his people from their sins. And that is the meaning of Christmas. Our sin, your sin, my sin, is the reason God became man. You've probably heard the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. This reminds us that all the commercialism, which Charlie Brown loathed so much, isn't really what Christmas is all about. Nor is family even the reason for the season. This is kind of a subtler attack on Christmas, Now, we like family, right? Family is good. Family is a gift from God. But it's also not the point of Christmas. Family is kind of the sanctified, secular reason for Christmas. It sounds good and virtuous whenever someone says, Christmas is about spending time with family, friends, and other loved ones. This is a case of making the good the enemy of the best. And so whenever you hear someone say that Christmas is about family, or charity, or kindness to your neighbor, say to yourself, no, not quite. These things are good, but this is a lie. Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. But I want to take it a step further. What was Jesus' reason? This is the really important question. Why did he come? Why is he Emmanuel? And the answer is your sin. When you consider the image of this little baby Jesus, know that the reason for this is the filthiness of our own hearts. It might not be what we want. It might not be what we think we need. 
but it is exactly what God knew we needed. And so that is what he did. He came to save us from our sins. And we must never forget that, even when we're thinking about a cute little baby in a manger. The reason for the season is our filthy hearts. Christmas is all about God's love in the face of rebellion. And so whenever you hear that trite little phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season, say to yourself, yes, and what is Jesus' reason? Oh yes, my sin. That is why he has the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so, more than anything, Christmas is about the cross. From the moment of his birth, even from the moment of his conception, the purpose of his human existence was to suffer and die for the sins of the world. This child was born under the curse of the law in order to redeem us who are under that curse. And so when you're eating your sweet little Christmas cookies, and this might seem like a weird mental exercise, but I want you to try it. When you're eating your sweet little Christmas cookies, think to yourself, what would this cookie taste like if it accurately reflected Jesus' reason for the season? For starters, it would be quite bitter instead of sweet. It would also be absolutely rotten. It would be abhorrent. It would burn your mouth and it would make your stomach nauseous. And so remember that you are eating sweet little Christmas cookies because Jesus drank the bitter cup of God's wrath. And rejoice in this. And so the most appropriate symbol of Christmas is not really a manger. It's a good symbol. There are lots of good symbols. But the most appropriate symbol is not really a manger. It's not a star or a candy cane or a Christmas tree. You know what it is? It's a crucifix. It's a cross, and not merely an empty cross, but an ugly cross with a bleeding and dying Jesus on it, because that is where this is going. That is where this was always intended to go. And God is pleased with this. And this is why his name is Jesus. Yahweh is salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is Jesus. Yahweh is salvation. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.